And I remember even the day I was going to do this presentation, I was very frustrated from a text I'd received. It was very triggering for me. Mm. And I decided when I was feeling triggered, I was very frustrated. I went on a run and kind of burned a little bit off. And I thought, okay, I'm going to check in with all seven of these women and see how <laughs> all, all of them feel. That's awesome. Seven parts of me. How, how does each one of them feel about this situation? That's kind of cool. And what was fascinating is as I went through each one and thought about each one and how they were viewing the situation, only one of them was upset. Hmm. So one seventh of me was actually upset. Wow. And suddenly I didn't feel so upset anymore huh. wow. because the, the other different parts of me were able to see the value. We're able to look beyond. Mm. We're able to have compassion. We're able to bring different parts in. Oh, wow. And so that became very, that's when I knew I was onto something. And were you like getting team. excited at that point? Yes, because I thought this is power. Yeah. Because how often are we triggered by something and we feel like it's all encompassing? Oh, yeah. And, and you just, just feel so confused about it. Yeah. And your mind is all over the place and you're making up conversations in your head and you can't pinpoint how to fix it and all those yeah. things. Absolutely. But if we can just simply go, oh, I need to bring this part. I need to bring this window, this archetype, this whatever. I need to bring this other one in because she knows what to do. Welcome to the Imagine Mom cast. This is your host, Elaine Kohanowitz. You're in the right place, mom, if you're looking for real answers, real Jesus, and real fun. Hi, everyone. This is Elaine Kohanowitz. So glad to have you here at the Imagine Mom cast. Today, I'm with Phoenix Vincent, and I am so excited to have her here. Um, I actually ran into her just through kind of a mutual company that we were acquainted with and we got to talking and I was so fascinated with what she was telling me about that I thought everyone has to hear this. So I'm having her on today. And so Phoenix, um, tell us a little bit about um, who you are, what you do and what you like to do for fun. Okay, great. Well, thanks, first of all, for having me, and I'm excited to connect with you and also connect with your listeners. I love to talk to people and to help people find that part of them that is bigger and better than they thought it was. And That's awesome. That is a big mission of mine. So I am living in Florida right now. I have five children. My oldest is a girl, and she's 16 years old, and then I have four crazy insane boys and <laughs> I tell you I I hoped in the beginning to have a bunch of girls because I understood girls and <laughs> I had found out when I was having a boy I was like okay I'm, I don't know if I'm ready for this boys are crazy and wild yeah. and they're stinky and they're dirty <laughs> and amen <laughs> and literally my first son was born with dirt under his fingernails I kid you not I don't oh know how it gosh. happened in the uterus but he came to this <laughs> earth with dirt under his fingernails oh, and they funny. have been and then I ended up having four total boys I kept and then I finally thought you know what one girl's enough I'm good <laughs> so, and they are everything I was afraid of and they are beautiful as well and there's yeah. something to be said for how much boys love their mothers and that is so true. They so love true. to be there for their moms. And so I absolutely adore my boys as well. 
But that was a bit of a tangent. Seeing as oh, how no, this is a, a mom cast, I thought I would throw that in there. But I own Absolutely. an essential oils company with my husband. We've had it for 18 years. We, Like I said, we live in Florida. We love to go to the beach. We love to go to Universal Studios. We love to be out in the sunshine. And I also have been working a lot these past several years with healing through movement and teaching people who they are through the way they move. That's been a passion of mine as I grew up as a dancer. Got oh, my wow bachelor's and master's degree in in dance specialized in choreography and then just recently have really gotten into teaching women about feminine energy in a very specific way so they understand all the different parts of them and that all the different parts of them are what make them feminine they aren't what make them crazy they aren't what make them fickle mm. they aren't what make them difficult they're actually what make them beautiful and feminine and learning how to accept all those parts and embrace them. So that's a really quick introduction with a lot no, of- No, I love that. I love that. And that kind of leads into my next question, which is like, how did you initially learn about feminine energies? Mm, that's a fantastic question. I think, I think it was something that I started- uncovering years ago when I was working with a coach and one of the really great values of that particular coach was she was able to get me into my feminine energy and what that meant to me at the time was that when I was too much in masculine energy which is more of a push energy more of a go 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 mm -hmm. moving forward energy I would start getting really worn out and really stressed. And she had a way of shifting me just in a conversation into feminine energy, which at the time, all I knew was that I calmed down. I knew that mm. I calmed down. I knew that I smiled more. I knew that I felt more compassion mm. for myself and for others and that I felt more in alignment. Mm -hmm. And that was all I understood about masculine versus feminine at the time. And then I ended up working on a master's degree. And I, what I really wanted to do was do a study on how dance and how specific dance movement can be very healing. Okay. But the problem is, in order to do that, you re run into a lot of complexities if you're not getting a therapy degree. As soon as you talk about oh. healing and you try oh. to prove something about healing and you try to publish things about healing, mm. you have to have a whole different set of permissions. You have to have a whole different set of hoops that you jump through. And it wasn't a dance therapy degree. It was a choreography degree. Oh. And so I decided when it was time to work on my thesis, I decided instead to look at the ways that feminine energy can be manifest in movement. And so that got me really researching feminine energy it got me getting into it understanding how it places in the body and understanding intuitive movement things like that and so I I really got into it and did my degree and then <laughs> went back to just working with movement healing for a little bit until I got invited to speak at a conference on feminine energy last fall really quick I'm going to interrupt you so you were okay. saying that like when you, you were doing your um, thesis and you were saying you were having trouble publishing things because you're not really like a therapist like as you know uh, a degree 
So, I, so tell me again, like, how did that shoot you towards the feminine energy side? Is that because it wasn't necessarily like a healing type thing or? Yeah, correct. There's not, there's a lot of hot buttons out there that you can get in trouble for using if you don't have licensure. <laughs> and so, okay. Okay. And so, yes, because it wasn't a healing thing, but because it was kind of a side door for me. Okay. Because understanding feminine energy had been healing for me. But I didn't have to use the word healing. I didn't have to use those that understanding. So it was more about just a study on feminine energy, which my degree was it's considered a practices research type of program. Mm. And what that means is that you are researching through your practice rather than just purely research. It was a combination of research and then understanding things through the practice of choreography. So Mm. that was... The coach that you had before, did she actually say, this is feminine energy, this is masculine energy? Or was she just sort of directing you that way and so you just kind of picked up on it? Honestly, she was just a little bit magical about it. She (laughs) she might point it out later. She might point out that she got me back into my feminine and that when I was in my feminine, I was more magnetic. I was more likely to have better connections with people because that was my natural energy. Now, some women have a stronger masculine. Some mm-hmm. women are more dominantly masculine mm-hmm. and some men are more dominantly feminine. But for mm-hmm. me, my, my dominant energy is feminine, but I lived a life of thinking I needed to be in masculine in order to accomplish things. Right. And that works until it doesn't for women. We accomplish awesome. so much and we push and we, and we hustle and we get stuff done. And then all of a sudden we reach a point where we go, I'm exhausted and I'm not motivated anymore. Yeah. Wow. Right. Yeah. That's, that's so poignant, you know, because you just feel like I I just actually was at a business uh, women's like breakfast and they had a panel and it's just so interesting that you say that because one of the things that all these women kind of agreed on was that after COVID there's been this sort of pause in um now this is specifically you know women in business i know feminine energies can go you know for any kind of relationship and situation but um in this case they were talking about like this pause in the feminine business community the women's business community because i think when everybody had to step back and they weren't working for a while or things were slowing down they were realizing oh i kind of like this you know, like, yeah. like, this is, this is actually kind of nice. How do I integrate this, you know, into my life more? Yeah. But, but yeah, go forward too. I, I know I interrupted you, but continue okay. with your story on how, you know, you, you then progressed after that. And, and, and you said you, you did the speaking engagement. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I want to comment on that too. A lot yeah. of it is about balance. At the end of the day, it's about finding a greater balance and we didn't realize we were just using one dominant part of us mm-hmm. and that there's all these other parts of us and that's really what developed for this conference I taught at last fall we interrupt this programming to bring you an amazing announcement that I wrote you a book what you wrote me a book yes I wrote you a book it's called mom of six dies laughing how to ditch the overwhelm and mom guilt feel more connected and empowered and have more fun why did I write this book? You know what? I wrote it because there were so many times as a mom that I have felt burnt out when I wanted to feel energized and connected. There's so many times when I felt mom guilt, 
when I needed to feel like I'm winning. And there were so many times where I just felt like I didn't know what I was doing or I didn't know where to go next or I felt like I had no creative juices whatsoever left. And I wanted you guys to feel instead like you were super creative and had all kinds of ideas and knew that you were not alone in all these struggles. So make sure you get the book. You can go to imaginemom.com slash book to get pick it up today or go to Amazon. It's also available there on paperback and Kindle. So I cannot wait for you to read it. I it was a really great book. It's humorous. It's full of lots of great stories. If nothing else, you can laugh at all my hijinks and the crazy mistakes that I made as a mom and feel a lot better about yourself. So get it today. Check it out. And I had intended to bring in how to help these women get into movement and get into feminine energy through movement. And Mm -hmm. that was what I thought I was going to do. And being very intuitive based and always looking for inspiration for what I'm doing. One night I was thinking about it and I had this feeling I should look into feminine archetypes. Mm -hmm. And so I started doing research and started finding, you know, there's a lot of different archetype systems out there, but there's one primary one that's influenced most of them. And that's the one done by Carl Jung. And mm-hmm. he has archetypes for both masculine, feminine, for multiple things. Okay. He has about seven or 12, depending on when, where you find it, different archetypes for women. And so I started looking into it and I found some really great material, but I also found some dissonance. I found that it got a little confusing which one was which. It got a little, some of them overlapped too much. Some of them. And when you say, can you explain archetype real quick? Yeah, archetype. So they have like the mother and the maiden. And an archetype is basically any sort of title for a certain persona or energy that we put on. Okay. You know, so, and his archetypes are very linear. So they start with the maiden. So that's, you know, a young mm-hmm. single woman. And then you have the mother. And and I forget all the exact order, but you also have the queen. Mm-hmm. You know, the, that queen energy. There's a lot of women's groups now that talk about getting into your queen energy. <laughs> there's the crone. There's the sage. That's, that's the older, wiser woman. Mm-hmm. And so you have all these different ones. The mystic, the one that's okay. into more spiritualism. And they're all very beautiful, but I did find that I was like, I'm not really sure which one is which because these two, the lover and the mother have kind of some similar stuff Mm -hmm. or this one and this one. And then I also found there wasn't enough emphasis put on creation energy, which Mm -hmm. that is absolutely a crucial part of, of the feminine is that we are made physiologically, we're made to create life. And so there's so much powerful creation energy and feminine and it was only lightly touched on, if at all, in the archetype. Oh, oh. And so being someone that likes order and likes <laughs> to not be confused, uh-huh. I thought, you know what, the best way for me to go about this would be to create my own system. Hmm. And I have studied personality types, different personality systems most of my life. It's something okay. I'm a little bit obsessed with. Okay. And so this was a very natural thing for me to go, how can I organize and create seven different categories that are clearly delineated from each other mm-hmm. and that are, it's very easy to understand which one is which and so I did keep with seven and I went through and I took some of the material from the archetypes and then I did other things to reorganize so that so there wasn't as much overlap 
So yeah, and normally I actually like to stick with four when I make things, but this one there se- there needed to be more expansiveness because feminine energy is right. so expansive. Like yeah. it is all about about growing outward and expanding and spreading. That's mm-hmm. why women have so many different parts of them. So yeah, I ended up going through and for this presentation, for this conference, it ended up being very content heavy and only a little bit of movement, but it ended up being transformational for me immediately. As soon as I created the system, I noticed a difference in my own life. Wow. I noticed the ability. I look at it like these seven women are like my boardroom that I consult and go, okay, I need, I need all of you to weigh in on this because if I only weigh in with one part of me, say I only weigh in with the part of me that is passionate and creative. Mm-hmm. Well, I might get a much more emotional response than if I mm-hmm. weigh in with the part of me that's logical and organized. Mm-hmm. Or I might, if I don't bring in all the people. And so, so I had these seven, seven women that I call them and I call them that's windows really cool. because it's how we see the world and how the world sees us. So it's a lens. Okay. So I call them seven windows. And I remember even the day I was going to do this presentation, I was very frustrated from a text I'd received. It was very triggering for me. Mm. And I decided, you know what? If I'm going to teach this stuff, I ought to live it. So, man, that's hard sometimes, isn't it? <laughs> right? <laughs> like, I just, like, you know, did the audio book for my book. And I'm like, you know, it was pretty awesome for me. You know, I, yeah. I was like, oh, man, I need to really, you know, keep remembering this, keep applying this because it's just <laughs> <Absolutely>. so good. <laughs> And congratulations on that, on getting that oh, done. That's gigantic. Thank you. Yeah, wow. so I, I decided when I was feeling triggered, and I was very frustrated. I went on a run and kind of burned a little bit off. And I thought, okay, I'm going to check in with all seven of these women and see how <laughs> all, all of them feel. That's awesome. Seven parts of me. How, how does each one of them feel about this situation? That's kind of cool. And what was fascinating is as I went through each one and thought about each one and how they were viewing the situation, only one of them was upset. Hmm. So one seventh of me was actually upset. Wow. And suddenly I didn't feel so upset anymore huh. Wow. because the, the other different parts of me were able to see the value. We're able to look beyond. Mm. We're able to have compassion. We're able to bring different parts in. Oh, wow. And so that became very, that's when I knew I was onto something. And were you like getting team. excited at that point? Yes, because I thought this is power. Yeah. Because how often are we triggered by something and we feel like it's all encompassing? Oh, yeah. And, and you just, just feel so confused about it. Yeah. And your mind is all over the place and you're making up conversations in your head and you can't pinpoint how to fix it and all those yeah. things. Absolutely. But if we can just simply go, oh, I need to bring this part. I need to bring this window, this archetype, this whatever. I need to bring this other one in because she knows what to do. Hmm. The one that's confused is not the one I need to use right now. If I'm feeling confusion, if I'm feeling darkness, if I'm feeling frustration, mm-hmm. then I'm not using the part of me that that's going to get through this because hmm. there's always a part of us that can get through things. I've never once come across a situation since I've been doing this and I've had a lot of different situations happening with both me and my clients. Mm-hmm. I've never come across a situation where none of the windows, none of the women could figure this out. Wow. There's That's always awesome. a part of us because we have, you know, just going through them really briefly, we have our independent seeker and that's the part of us that is causing us to be so exhausted because she's the powerhouse. She's the wonder woman that just gets stuff done. Mm-hmm. She's a hard worker. She's the one that says, 
I'll figure it out. I can do this. You know, and then we've got our nurturer healer. That's the part that wants to connect with people, is a good mm -hmm. listener, wants to be in that space of feeding people and helping people to be their best self. Mm. Then we've got our passionate creator. She's creative. She's tempestuous. She's emotional, but she is very magnetic and powerful because she's the one that gets all in on things. All of her senses are all in. Mm. We've got our wise intellectual. She's the part that's very logical, strategic. She looks at where is this going to go? What's the effects of what's happening now? I'm going to look at the long term, you know, the chess player of us all. Yeah, I'm going to look ahead and keep us out of the ditch kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. And then we have our spiritual intuitive. That's the part of us that wants inner peace. That's mm -hmm. a part of us that wants to go to our center and find tranquility, connect to our higher power, our higher self, whatever that is for us. But that part that wants to find stillness. Mm. And as you can see, that's very different than our passionate creator who's very tempestuous. She's not looking for stillness. She's looking for aliveness. Yes, yes. Uh -huh. And so if we have the wrong part of us, it can be confusing. If we have yeah. a part that's not suited to the situation. Right. You know, and then we've got our, I think I've named five so far. I've got a little lost One, in two, it. One, two, three, four, five. Yes, I've been okay. writing them down. Perfect. And then we have our playful innocent and she doesn't have to be innocent of experience. She can be very experienced, very, she can be very worldly, but she's the one that still has hope despite mm -hmm. anything that's happened. She's the one that can be optimistic and see that magic can happen at any moment. That's awesome. And she's joyful. She's, she's, she's laughs all the time, mm -hmm. very happy and, and high energy. And then the seventh one I call the loyal leader. She's the one that does what's best for the good of the whole. And so mm -hmm. in some way, she's the integration of all the other ones. Okay. Because she can go whatever's best right now. So most of society conditions us to either be nurturer healer and be a martyr as a mother mm -hmm. <laughs> or as a woman mm -hmm. or the independent seeker. I can do it all myself. Oh, that's, that's so true. Me. And no wonder, like, we feel so pulled. Yes. Right? Because it's like, these two things don't go together. How do I figure this out? Yeah, absolutely. And that's what the loyal leader comes in and goes, it's not about one or the other. It's about what's best for the whole. And sometimes it's best for the whole for me to take care of myself mm -hmm. because then I can lead. Sometimes mm -hmm. it's best for the whole for me to sacrifice. Mm -hmm. And she's the one that brings in that wisdom to go, what, what is best? And I'm going to bring the part of me that's very best. Mm -hmm. And she's beautiful. She's she's much more developed. Typically, I you know I have the people who take my class. They end up taking a quiz that gives them a blueprint of their percentages of each. And across the board, everyone's lowest and loyal leader because society mm -hmm. again doesn't condition us for that. And it's something that tends to come with age. So okay. the people that have taken my quiz who are older have higher percentages. Oh, wow. Because it takes a while to get outside of conditioning and gets out outside of egocentric behavior to mm. go, I'm going to look at what's for what's best for everyone. Wow. So across the board, like you can see, there's parts of us, everyone listening is going to go, yeah, yeah, I have a part of me that's that way. And I do have a part of me that's that way. And this, they're going to notice, you know, usually there's one to three that are stronger. Mm -hmm. And there's one or two that are like, well, that one could use some work. But yeah, they're yeah. all in us. And all seven of them have a different shadow side. 
which means whenever any of them are in fear, they have a different way of reacting to fear that comes mm -hmm. out as a shadow side. That's why sometimes a woman will get angry and be ragey. That'd be the shadow side of the independent seeker. Okay. And sometimes she's going to be helpless and, and feel insecure. That'd be the shadow side of the playful innocent. So it's a different part of us that's feeling fear and there's different causes for fear. And so that's one of the things that I teach in my course is how to deactivate the shadow side, how to strengthen the ones, strengthen them so they're all balanced. And as mm -hmm. people have gone through my course, by the time they get to the end, they can't remember which ones were in their bottom anymore. Really? Starting to even out because we uh -huh. integrate them so they're automatic because they're already in you. It's not like you have to learn something new and mm -hmm. memorize it and refer to your notes all the time. Yeah. It's about just waking it up so then it's automatic. And so can you give us an example of um, like, like you were saying with the text, you know, how you would kind of use these different things maybe in a specific situation? Well, for me personally, the way that I've used them is I've, I've been able to go, if I'm in a negative state, I'm able to quickly identify which part of me got me in that state. Mm. You know what I mean? Because mm -hmm. I already, I know what the shadow side looks for each one of them. And so I go, Hey, if I'm feeling insecure and helpless, like I mm -hmm. mentioned, I absolutely know I'm, I'm in the playful innocent. Okay. And I also know that there's a couple ways out of it. Number one, you, br you just bring her out of shadow. And so the playful innocent loves to laugh. Okay. So I might just do, I might go watch a comedian or I might mm -hmm. look up jokes or something yeah. silly. I might flirt. I might uh -huh. play cookie. I might do something to surprise someone. All yeah. those things wake her up. So it's going to get her out of that. I'm helpless. Okay. Or another way is who do I need to partner with to get out of this? Well, feeling helpless partners really well with the independent seeker because she believes she can do anything on her own. Mm. And so then going, oh, I need to be reminded and I need to activate that part of me to pull me out of this. What can I do for myself? If I'm feeling sad and rejected, I'm feeling like someone's not loving me enough. Mm -hmm. How can I give myself that love that I'm craving? That's awesome. How can I help myself instead of feeling like nobody's helping me? Yeah. How can I, how can I pull, pull myself up by my bootstraps and, and realize that I'm not, I'm not a victim. Yeah. And that's, I, that I do that, you know, because just knowing these and having these as strong, cause I, I do consider myself to have them all pretty equal now. That doesn't mean I've arrived. I'm still a <laughs> human being. So I still go into shadow on each one of them, depending on what's going on. It's just having that knowledge to go, I can quickly get out of it. So something's yeah. not going to make me upset for days on end. Like I might be upset for an hour, but then I've already figured out how to work through it. And that to me is the greatest gift to be able to get through something quickly because it gives hope. Mm -hmm. It gives hope mm -hmm. even when you're in the midst of feeling very sad or very overwhelmed, knowing this isn't going to last very long mm -hmm. because I have the tools to get out of it. So I can accept the fact that I'm feeling that way right now. And that's okay. I'm not going to fight it. I'm not going to reject myself. I'm not going to go into greater fear and worrying yeah. that this will never end. Right. You know? But I also have the tools so it can be short. It's like, hey, there might be a wave coming and I might go underwater for a moment, but I know I'm going to come back up again. That's awesome. Does it help with people who've had tra traumatic issues that get triggered? Oh, Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's one of the things I also teach people is 
that the, the trouble with trauma is the way that the brain functions. The brain is trying to be super efficient. So our brain will go, I'm going to make boxes for categories of things that happen. Mm-hmm. And the problem is, is it doesn't go through our conscious decision brain before it categorizes things. Mm-hmm. It just goes close enough and throws it in. Yeah. Right. It, it doesn't organize. Maybe, you know, maybe it's like the way we organize our closet. Like maybe we're organizing according to color, mm-hmm. but our brain is going, these are both short sleeves. So I'm going to put them in the same box. Mm-hmm. You know, one's red and one's green. Okay. okay. So when it comes to trauma, what happens, there'll be initial trauma. That is the reason people are afraid. And then anytime something happens that has anything similar and it mm-hmm. can be something small yeah yeah something tiny it can just be hey you know someone I mean I've worked with plenty of people who have who have sexual trauma so they can run across someone who's just bossy Mm. and their brain goes someone's trying to control me I'm putting it in the same box as sexual trauma yeah yeah and so they'll have a reaction as if they are being originally traumatized again because when Mm -hmm. when we open the box we open all the box Right, right. We don't just open the current box. Mm-hmm. We open the box with all of them stacked on top of each other. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of this is learning how to question our reactions mm-hmm. and question it and go, this is not that. This yeah. person is bossy and that has nothing to do with the past. Mm-hmm. And then activating one of the greatest things that is taught is during the nurture healer is activating our compassion. Activating mm-hmm. our ability to look at others in compassion and take off wow. all the labels, take off all the ways that we dehumanize people. And we do it unknowingly. We do it innocently, mm-hmm. but we still dehumanize them when we judge them, when we label them, being able to look at them in compassion. Mm. And that brings more healing than anything I've seen. And it is wow. sometimes very frightening for people with, with trauma, but I, I can tell you I've worked with with dozens and dozens of people who've been through very serious trauma sexually and physically and compassion is honestly the answer. And it's the answer, you know, if you've ever read the book, the hiding place, Mm, I haven't. Yeah. It's a great book about a woman and her sister who were put into the concentration camps for being Jewish. And Oh, oh, yes. This is, is this Corey Ten Boom? Yes. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. And, and her experience, her greatest healing happened through forgiving the very people who. Right. I do. I have heard that story. Yes. Uh huh. And that's one of the things that if, if she can do it, we can all do it. Wow. And it doesn't mean we hang out with them and we allow them to continue traumatizing us. That's not what that means, but it means we have a place in our heart to see them through a compassionate lens, through a God lens, through, through Mm -hmm. whatever, whatever our languaging is. To be able to say this still is a real human being that they might be misguided. They might have made mistakes, but they've also gone through pain of their own. And as soon as wow. we can recognize that, we activate that. And that's the greatest place for healing for, for trauma. And that's it's beautiful. terrifying at first. Yeah. People think if I forgive them, then I might not be safe. Yes. But there is yes. no greater safety than being able to be compassionate. Hmm. And also recognizing that you're an adult now and you have new information and you can protect yourself and be compassionate at the same time. Protection Do you doesn't think mean that's actually anything. part of it is that is that the whole like being compassionate is almost saying you don't control me anymore. 
And so I can be compassionate towards you. Absolutely. It's letting go of, of someone making you live in fear all the time saying, Hey, mm-hmm. I have so much love and compassion for you because nobody hurts if they haven't been hurt. Mm-hmm. Hurting people hurt. There's not, you know, there's, there's very few people who are truly, truly psychopaths that have, no, have re- received no trauma and just take joy in people's pain. That is such yeah. a tiny, tiny percentage of humans. I'm not even fully sure if it exists. Yeah. Most people who are doing harmful things to others have been hurt themselves. Mm-hmm. Like I said, it doesn't mean you allow them to keep hurting you. Mm-hmm. But when we can say you have been hurt, you had to have been hurt really bad mm. to hurt other people this way. Mm-hmm. You must have so much fear in you. And I can have so much compassion because I would hate to have to have that myself. And anyone that has fear and pain, I can have compassion for. And that awakens a whole new side of us that, that that's the part of us that can make it through trauma. Wow. Make, that's it, awesome. make it forward. So can you tell us the, um, with the seven archetypes, what, and seven windows, what is the, 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 uh, shadow side? So you said that the independent was like anger and rage. Yeah. What about the nurturing? The nurturer healer is going to go into martyr. (laughs) So that's when she goes into, I give and I give and I give and I never receive, or she's going to go into, thinking that she's the only one that can help people. So she goes a little bit into ego and she has Mm -hmm. a hard time receiving because she thinks she's the only one that's giving and the the best one to give. And again, that's just when she's in fear. She's in fear that if she doesn't, if she's not the one giving, she might not be worth anything. Oh, wow. She's forgetting her worth. So that's only when she's in fear though. When she's not in fear, she can, she can give and receive freely. And it's a very beautiful thing. So our spiritual intuitive, hers is a little bit less dramatic than the others, but that makes sense because she's not into drama. (laughs) Hers is more that she becomes more isolated because Mm -hmm. it can be very addictive when you start nurturing that part of you to find stillness because our life is so noisy that Mm -hmm. when you find that spiritual part of you that is still and calm, Mm -hmm. it can become addictive and it can cause you to want to withdraw from society. Oh. From others. If you're not careful, if you feel a sense of scarcity and fear of the world, you can go into isolation and just stay in that space. But mm-hmm. it, you can't serve the world when you're just meditating all day. <laughs> right, right. I could definitely see where someone with that type of personality could could tend towards that in fear. Yeah, in, in fear. Yeah, because when we're not in fear, we're in love. And when we're in love, we make much better decisions. Mm. So what about the creator? Passionate creator. Hers is just drama, drama, drama. So she will blame people. She'll think she's a victim. She just will be very, you know, she's, like I said, she can be very tempestuous. Mm -hmm. So she has so much energy and so much passion and drive when she's feeling alive. And Uh you just kind of flip that when she's not feeling, when she's feeling afraid, she can be manipulative. She's Mm -hmm. the one that can be vindictive. Yeah. More likely to kind of be under undercut someone. Right. Right. And what about um, the wise nurturer or the wise intellectual? I'm sorry. Yeah. Wise Wise intellectual. Yeah. You're great. Yeah. So the wise intellectual is the one that's going to get judgmental and controlling. So she's going to start criticizing people, listing off all the things 
that they've done <laughs> that are that prove that they're a wrong or bad person mm -hmm. you know she's going to be the one where you know if she if it doesn't feel safe to be in the other windows if she gets in a fight with say her spouse or someone close to her mm -hmm. she's going to be like well you did this 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 she's going to open the file cabinet <laughs> I've definitely done that before. <laughs> <laughs> we all have. <laughs> we all have. And it's when we're in fear because we're, we're just so afraid of being wrong that we have to prove something. Right. Okay. What about uh, the, um, so you said the playful hopeful was helpless. That was the, is yeah. that correct? She gets helpless. And whereas she also goes into victim, different than the passionate creator will blame others she will go into victim and blame herself. She will think that mm -hmm. she is broken. Nobody likes her. It's just a very helpless, I can't do anything and I'm confused and I'm lost. Mm -hmm. And then the loyal leader. Loyal leader, she has a little bit less of shadow, mostly because she understands how to integrate. Mm -hmm. But for her, it's a difference between, there's a difference between advocate and crusader. Mm -hmm. okay. When we're an advocate for someone else, we're looking out for their best interest. When we're a crusader, we're going for what we think they should want. Mm -hmm. And if we hurt them along the way, we're still too, we're still overcommitted to the cause. I see. So yeah. The loyal leader in fear can become overcommitted to a cause and cause harm to the people she's actually thinks she's defending. And we've all seen that. We've seen that happen on social media where people will <laughs> think that they're helping a group but in the process they're actually hurting them yeah that happens so get, much they get so aggressive mm -hmm. when we get too aggressive in our defense of other people we start causing harm because the reality was we're only going to heal as a whole right we elevate yeah. together there's no such thing as a group who's woke <laughs> yeah because as soon as someone says we're woke and you're not they they are at a lower vibration because they're judging right we, well and they're we, not helping everyone yeah we they're rise not. together we don't yeah. rise partially we rise together as a group and so when she goes into fear she might stick to a cause and forget how important it is that we all go together right excellent so so going back to your first speech what was that like? I mean, because all of a sudden you're kind of pivoting, right? Because you were doing mostly like uh, healing through movement. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you feel like the digital download from heaven that you need to, you know, do this thing differently. Yeah, well, it's it's been a wild ride and it still is because it was never my intention to be a speaker. I love teaching. So I've done a lot of workshops and that was kind of the, the terminology I'd use. I'm a workshop teacher. I teach mm -hmm. and sometimes I run them myself. Sometimes I teach at other people's things, but all of a sudden I was I went, Oh, I need to be an actual speaker. And there's even terminology. I mean, even up until a few months ago, I didn't know what keynote meant. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I, you know? I'm learning this too. And so I had to learn, I had to learn kind of, and I don't know, you know, who the big speakers are out there. Unless I've read their book, I'm not aware of mm -hmm. who speakers are. Unless I've seen them on TED Talks, I don't, I'm not in that world knowing the lingo and dropping names of people. Right. You know, I'm, I'm heavily involved in the Tony Robbins world. So that's the only, if he's brought them on his stage, I'm aware of them, but that's about it. Yeah. And so it's had to be a big transition of 
oh, this is an important message and it will change so many people's lives for good and so easily and quickly. It's not, like I said, it's, it's quick to integrate because it's already in there. It's just starting to, you know, grease some wheels and, and mm. you know, pump a few things so that they're functioning again. And then once they're there, people can heal. And I've seen it. I've seen it in the people I've taught. I've seen people go from being primarily in wise intellectual and independent seeker, which is very strong and can be perceived as masculine, although it's still feminine mm -hmm. and activating. Suddenly they activate their nurture healer. And all of a sudden her spouse is being more loving to her and more mm -hmm. affectionate to her because he saw an in, he saw a vulnerability where he knew where he could fit instead mm -hmm. of feeling, you know, that, that conflict or the, there's just all the strength all the time, which masculine responds to challenge and they respond in kind. And so being able to see the softness, all of a sudden it's changed their relationship. You know, so can you tell us a little more about that? Like what, it, how the masculine and feminine energies interact? <laughs> that might be an entirely other podcast, to be honest with you. <laughs> because I love to speak about that as well, because I, I have seen a great deal of healing in my own relationship. Oh, wow. Because of being able to get fully into feminine and, and helping encourage his masculine. But again, feminine is not just one thing. A lot of people teach feminine and masculine like they're opposites. Mm -hmm. And that's how they're presented. And there are certainly things about masculine and feminine that are opposite. But as I've gotten into this, you know, just as a little sneak spoiler alert, I will be teaching seven areas of masculine as well. Oh. And they overlap more than they are opposite. Oh, they wow. just have different nuances. They have different ways that they go about it. Men have a very playful area of themselves as well. They just mm -hmm. do it slightly differently. Mm -hmm. And... So there's different nuances, but yes, the reality is that both men and women need to feel safe, but mm -hmm. they, they, they understand safety differently. So mm -hmm. for women, we have to have physical safety first because we know that we are smaller and weaker. And that's right. just a fact. That's a biological fact of being a woman. And so we have to have physical safety. We also have to have emotional safety. And emotional safety means that we're encouraged, that we're seen for who we are, that we're heard. Mm. and for men it's being supported it's being believed in they want to be the hero and so if they're receiving a lot of criticism and a lot of bossiness mm. from their woman mm -hmm. they're going to shut down and have a hard time feeling connected mm -hmm. and honestly we as women boss our men around and we criticize them so much more than we even think we do yeah and so a big thing in that that masculine feminine interaction is being willing to lay down all our weapons and be vulnerable. You mm -hmm. cannot connect without vulnerability. And it's, it's about faith. It's having faith that, that it will be safe and that it will be good. And that it will it be what we kind need of to do. like parallels a little bit with that whole um, forgiveness and compassion, yes. you know, don't you think? Absolutely. Yeah. Forgiveness and compassion Honestly, if there is nothing else that we focus on, forgiveness and compassion, I might throw in there gratitude. That mm -hmm. will solve almost everything on this planet. Wow. <laughs> wow. I mean, because just the idea of like, <clears throat> we feel like if we lay down our weapons, we're not safe. Right. And it's like maybe the opposite. If it we is, lay yeah, down our yeah, weapons, 
yeah, then we actually allow ourselves to be protected. Yeah. And men rise up so quickly when, when we lay down our weapons and they rise into the power that they have to protect. And it's, you'll notice it. It's actually a physiological change that comes over them when a woman lays down her weapons. And sometimes the way we lay down our weapons is actually recognizing that we've not been kind because we're so afraid of admitting our faults because we already are so critical of ourselves. We're so terrified Mm -hmm. to admit out loud even more things that are wrong with us, quote unquote, Mm -hmm. because we've been so harsh already. But actually looking at our man and saying, hey, I've probably been a little intense and I might have made you feel like I didn't support you or I didn't believe in you. And I am so sorry that I've done that. Mm-hmm. And the minute you do that, you you will notice a physiological change in your men. Mm-hmm. You have to do it sincerely though. Don't do it for manipulation because they, they'll catch that pretty quick. But you'll yeah. notice a physiological change. Their chests will puff up. They'll look at you like they haven't looked at you in a long time. Mm-hmm. And, and suddenly they want to do everything they can to put you back together. Wow. So a beautiful, beautiful response that happens in men. And it's so easy, but again, that's a whole nother podcast. Yeah, we might, we might have to bring you back for that. (laughs) (laughs) So how do you, maybe, could you give us some examples? Cause, cause after you did your initial speech, then you started doing some coaching, right? For uh, groups and individuals, um, kind of in this feminine energy, um, training. Mm-hmm. And, and can you give some examples, either people that you've worked with or maybe in your own life, um, you know, where it's changed people or helped them? Yeah. And one of the best, one of the coolest experiences that I've seen, because I, what I do is I teach a course, I teach a 14 week course where people spend two hours every other week on each one of the windows. We learn all about all the different parts of it, how she is in business, how she is in personal life, relationships go through a very in-depth experience on each one of them. And then we also have a Q&A call. And one of the women in there had a man at work that had been awful to her. Mm. Just awful. And she had every reason to be angry at him. She ended up firing him, but his mm-hmm. relative was over her. Oh. And when she was out on a medical leave, they hired him back. Oh, shoot. And so he came back and was just saying terrible things. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to repeat the details, but just terrible things about her. And so as part of this process of learning about that nurture healer, that part mm-hmm. of us that can forgive, I said, I want you to have a conversation with him. And you're going to just ask him, hey, tell me everything. Tell me everything that, that has been frustrating you here, because I want to mm-hmm. understand how to support you in your job. Wow. And at first she looked at me like I was bonkers. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like no way in hell am I sorry. Right. Yeah, exactly. But, um, but she's a very, very courageous woman, like Mm -hmm. very courageous woman. And so she did have this conversation and she said she listened to him for a long time and she got some great insights and she even apologized to him. Sometimes we think that when someone has wronged us, that means they need to apologize to us. But Mm -hmm. often we can apologize for something, even if it's just being angry at them. Mm. And that provides healing. That's part of compassion. It's part of recognizing that we're not perfect either. Mm. <laughs> it doesn't justify their behavior, but it does right. recognize that we're not perfect. And there's something we might have done to contribute to their pain as well and being mm. able to own that. And so she had an incredibly healing experience with him. 
Really? It changed, her. it changed her. So now she's able to, to integrate with him just fine. But what I saw in her was a lightness and a happiness and a just, a just freedom that happened wow. and that came over her from, from going through this experience. So, I mean, there's, there's a lot of, a lot, a lot of experiences people have had going through this course that have been just so beautiful and transformational and some are very minor, but all it takes is a tiny, you know, it's like a train that when a train is switching directions, it's only, the switch is only maybe an inch or two different, mm. but it mm. can mean you go to Maine or California. Wow. Right. Yeah. And so just tiny switches and it's just the biggest thing of all is recognizing our whole self for the beauty it is and that mm -hmm. all parts of us have a purpose. Every single part of us. And there's parts of us that we rejected because we didn't know any better because maybe someone said, oh, you're too much. Yeah. Or you're, you're not enough this. And so yeah. then we assumed we needed to stuff that part of us down. Yeah. So we didn't have that part, but seeing it like, no, there's a value to it. There's a point to it. And when we can, we can deactivate the fear part, we can shine in all the ways mm -hmm. and, and, and we can use so many parts of us. How valuable is that to be able to quickly switch from, you know, I could be with my five-year-old son. I can be all playful, innocent. I can be teasing him. I can be, can be talking in silly voices with him. Yeah. And then immediately, if I need to get on a business call, I can get into strategy. I can get into wisdom. Yeah. And then, you know, it's the end of the day and I've been so busy and, and I'm feeling a little frazzled and I can immediately go into spiritual intuitive and finding my center and finding my inner tranquility and peace. And it's awesome. so simple. Yeah. Yeah. Because you, you, you feel, I, or I feel like, especially as a woman, I know men feel this too, but um, we talked in another podcast because actually the last uh, the last uh, interview I did was with um, a mompreneur who has her own business and had homeschooled and has and stayed at home as well and um, her business is from home but she has a lot of employees now it's actually a really large company now um, but you know just that whole <clears throat> excuse me like thing of you know, how do you balance, right? And how, how do you manage that pull? And I feel like as women, you feel that like it, it doesn't feel integrated so many times, you know, right. it, it's like you either have to be this or you have to be that. And you, you feel like you're never doing any of them well. Right. Exactly. And that's why we, if we can learn, Hey, there's a purpose for all the parts of me and mm -hmm. I can consciously choose. And you consciously choose and it's a quick choice. It's not a forced choice because it's not a part of us that's fake. It's a part of us that's real. Mm. And so it's just, it's just taking a step to the side and going, oh, I'm going to use this part instead. And that's mm. easy because it's already part of me. It's not. It's not that's awesome. Yeah. And I could see where like knowing the shadow sides would maybe help you identify a little bit, kind yeah. of like where you're at. Yeah, Absolutely. So and is that what you do? Like if you're frustrated with something, you're like, oh, okay, um, you know, I feel like a martyr, like I can't receive any love. And then you're just like, oh, wait a minute, I'm in the nurture healer. Mm -hmm. So I need to either switch and I need to be nurturing or I need to switch to like a different personality type to. Yep. To That's exactly. Of. Yeah, you nailed it. That's a perfect explanation. That's exactly it's exactly what I what I do, and that makes it so simple. 
Yeah, I love it. You can have compassion on yourself and be like, oh, I see where I'm, where the pain point is. And Mm -hmm. I can have compassion that there's some fear that came in. There's some fear of my worth that came in. Mm -hmm. And so I can bring another part of me that knows my worth. And I can, and I can bring that back up again. It reminds me a little bit of that movie Inside Out where she's got the panel, you know, and she's got (laughs) the joy and sadness and all that. (laughs) Yep, it's exactly. And and there's a lot of reality to that. Like, in in fact, in one of my classes, I used a clip from from Inside Out. Oh, you did? Yeah. (laughs) To demonstrate how we listen, because there's this whole scene with, uh, oh, I forget the, the funny name of the big elephant guy. Oh, and, yeah, I don't remember and he's upset because his toy got lost or whatever. And, and uh-huh. sadness goes over, you know, joy comes along, the, which joy is, you know, the playful innocent. She tries to crack right. jokes and be silly to make him laugh. Yeah. And it's not working. Yeah. And so she, so we shift into sadness who sits down and says, that must have been really hard. You're probably feeling very sad. Uh-huh. And that's the nurture healer right there, even though she was called sadness. So it kind of makes us think oh, it's negative. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's a nurture true. healer that can sit with someone and be in the emotion with them. And next thing you know, the, the, you know, whatever his name is, sits up and is like, okay, we can go now because she helped wow. she, she empathized with them. So let's bring in different parts. And sometimes we do that. We go, oh shoot, this part of me that I was trying didn't work. I got a shift. Mm. Mm-hmm. Well, I love that. And if people are interested in maybe getting involved with what you do, um, are you doing more coaching? Does it start at a certain time or how do people like just get information about that? Yeah, very, very great question. So this summer I will be doing the course again. So I'm about to finish up alive. It will be the classes are all going to be pre-recorded, but I'm going to be doing something really exciting where I'm going to be adding in once a week, a group call. So mm. Once a week, they get group mentoring, question and answer, helping them understand how to integrate in addition to having access to all the videos from the seven windows and all the past Q&A calls, which have Mm. been very transformational. And so I will be starting that in June. So they can go on my website, danceyourtruth.org. They can also get a free download that goes through and just gives like the basics, basic attributes of each one of the seven. Okay. There's a free download there. So it's just www.danceyourtruth.org. Great. And, and I'll put that in the show notes as well yeah. so people can link to it. Thank you. Yeah. Excellent. Well, thank you so much, Phoenix, for being here. I mean, I've, I'm just so thrilled, actually, to just start thinking through this and being able to apply it in my own life. It's, it's so awesome. So I yes. appreciate you sharing and just all the work thank you've you. done with this. Thank you so much for having me. It was my pleasure. Yes. And let us know when you get your masculine types all (laughs) sorted and you're teaching on that and we will have you back. Okay. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure you follow and subscribe. And if you loved this episode and you think that there's someone out there who would really benefit from it make sure you share it i hope you guys have a wonderful week we'll see you next week